0: It goes without saying that music moves us. Here's an instance where the march is moving us physically through its regular rhythms. Even if we're not stepping across a field, we feel the insistence of the beat. Philosopher Jeanette McNell has spent a good deal of time with the question why does music matter at all to anyone? And she's convinced that music's attraction and power over us stems from its elemental social character. I see musical experience as intrinsically and fundamentally social, she says, rather than personal or individual. Music's social character is evident in the role it plays in every culture, past and present, in creating and reinforcing social bonds, whether these bonds are between caregivers and infants, adult partners, or among members of social groups and subgroups. Any so-called private experiences of music are derivative, secondary, and carry a social meaning even listening to music on headphones alone in a room is a social experience through and through. Words of Jeanette Becknell in Why Music Moves Us. And so, when we attend Sunday's concert at Marywood University, we'll no doubt be truly moved by the social nature of the experience of hearing music with others, especially after the many long months of COVID shutdowns. In this case, too, the concert will feature a work quintessentially representative of music that is social in its theme as well as its execution. Composer Omar Thomas has created a work in which he takes us to an extreme, where we're almost ripped out of our life in community. He describes it this way. Musically, it's about that moment where something so horrible happens that you get pulled out of time and space. Those things don't even hold concept, and you can't perceive them anymore. Your surroundings are gone. Everything falls away, creating a space, and you're sitting in the moment, in trauma. Words of composer Omar Thomas. We're on a journey with him in his work titled Of Our New Day Begun, and Thomas is using everything he has absorbed about the various black musical traditions to bring us to a place of possibility. He explains the closing section in this way. This is not a piece that you can end on one chord, so I purposefully set up the classic tired ending of a three times chord. I wanted to do that intentionally, but that The last time the audience get the chord, there's a unison note. I went in knowing the piece would end at a certain point. The stomping and clapping would come back and growing, growing, grow. But in order to set the audience up for that, that F chord, silence, F chord, silence, you expect one last F chord, except you get a unison F that holds on longer than you think. Then, all of a sudden, you hear the stomp, clap, clap, the stomping at the end. That's us marching. That's us marching on till victory is won. Words of composer Omar Thomas in an interview with Jack Aidey in his study of social consciousness in wind band music of the early 21st century. We're invited to a concert featuring delightful music by Gustav Holst and the challenging work by Omar Thomas and much more. This Sunday afternoon at 4 at the Set Labargetta Center on the campus of Marywood University in Scranton, admission is free. We had a chance to speak by Zoom with Dr. David Romines, co-chair of the Marywood Department of Music, Theatre and Dance, associate professor of music education and director of bands there about the special program and what it means to be back with a live performance.
1: I have found our students at Marywood to be very resourceful and uh, very pliable when it comes to the various COVID mitigations that have been employed to protect us all. Uh, We've taught classes uh, remotely via zoom and other uh, platforms, and we have had to limit the number of performers that can gather at any one time. Last year, for example, we spent an entire year with the band divided into woodwinds, brass and percussion, and we gave three separate concerts twice last year using those groups of instrumental forces. On the plus side, it did allow us to explore some literature that we might not have normally played, and so there were some highlights there and some things that i'm glad that we were able to do. But generally the students were eager to get back into a full band and full ensemble setting. And even though we are still practicing some uh, COVID restrictions with regard to coverings over instrument bells and things and face masks and flute shields and uh, various other things, but at least we're able to sit on the stage together again. And, you know, we wanted to develop programs when I'm saying we, our music theater and dance department wanted to develop programs that were, kind of in celebration of us returning the way we have been in the past and um, just kind of giving the community notice that we're back and we are ready to make music and we're ready to share it with the community.
0: Well, then this is a particularly special program in that regard because you have works, particularly a premiere that you're going to be doing And very exciting composers on the program. Before we get to them, though, I just want to remind people about what is the thrill of this ensemble, not a symphonic orchestra. This is a different sound, a different feel. Why are you so excited about this complement of instruments, and what can it do in general in terms of tone and sound and presence?
1: Well, thank you for asking that question. That is a question that is batted about in our circles often. You know, bands. And orchestras oftentimes now share the same buildings and the same academic settings, but they came in into existence through vastly different pathways. You know, it's undeniable that even in the back in the days of uh, Beethoven, there was wind groups Beethoven wrote for groups of wind instruments and, of course, Mozart was prolific in his writing for winds, but it's without question that the development of the modern concert band has to be tied in a large part to the military because the military bands were important not only here but uh, in other parts of the world Uh, i can think of a lot of influences in our band movement that came from turkey from asia and certainly a vast portion of it from europe but the military settings of instruments were the ones that really got things going and the performers leaders of the military bands when their engagements were over they began to develop bands out in the general public so there was that connection between military leaders and military conductors and developing bands. A lot of times in the public schools, these directors would leave and uh, would go to work for a music company and kind of become the music man. They'd go out into school systems and places where there were no bands. And once they got the band up and running and flourishing, they would move on to the next town and start another one. And that's why so many schools in the 20s and 30s began to field band programs. And then later on, you know, there was a definite place for the marching band at the football games and things. So that kind of helped the growth. Bands for many, many years only played marches and transcriptions of orchestral literature and that went on for a long long time and there's still occasions where bands will just say you know we want to we want to dust off one of those chestnuts and play it too why should the orchestra have all the fun but one of the works on our upcoming program is a work that is considered by many to be the first modern work for concert band it's the first suite in e-flat by gustav holtz Well, there's sections of it that could easily be transferred to the the marching field or the the drill area, you know, in a military unit. Gustav Holst wrote some very, very nice music that has endured the test of time. And it's one of those pieces at Marywood, when we look at our curriculum, that there are certain pieces that just have to be, students have to be experienced with and we love to give them the experience of playing the host early suites, and of course, uh, Ralph Van Williams and others that wrote early music for them. But more powerful, more, of course, with so many more brass and woodwinds, it's just a different type of feel on the stage. The bands are certainly capable of playing music that is soft and delicate and passionate and expressive, but they also have the ability to play a strong, strong military feel or something I don't know if I want to use the word bombastic, but maybe I will. Just a heavier sound in those expanded instrumentations.
0: Who are some of the names of the American composers who were stimulated by the possibility of writing for band?
1: Oh, I think, yeah, I think there was an entire generation of composers. You know, things kind of turned the corner in 1951 when Paul Hindemith wrote his symphony for band. And it's a work that we still program with uh, regularity. Morton Gould was another composer who wrote several pieces for band. Of course, Morton Gould wrote for just about everything, but he was he, his pieces became landmark compositions for band. Aaron Copeland wrote a couple of beautiful pieces for band. Uh, an American overture I can think of comes to mind. It was written for a high school band in uh, Brooklyn, New York and uh, it is performed uh, quite regularly. So uh, a generation of American composers were actually influenced by some of the British composers and the British works. And of course, an important part of all this was the commissioning of new works. And I feel, and many of my colleagues do, that the commissioning and the creation of new music is important in an academic setting that if we don't take responsibility along with others of making sure that new music is created we won't have the type of new music that we want to be able to perform and that's a big part of our, our upcoming program yes
0: yeah, so introduce us to what will be new we have one piece
1: that is brand new that has never been performed and it's by patrick j burns it's called fairest morning and uh patrick is the adjunct professor of music at montclair state university in new jersey and he has quite an extensive record of work and publications especially in the the band realm he actually started his career as a a performer playing on broadway playing his clarinet but uh, he also spends time writing music for video games and spends a a few weeks every year in Manhattan, working with and collaborating with uh, video game producers to create music for video games. He also founded the Bloomsfield Youth Band when he was 17 years old in 1986, and he still runs that orchestra today. His music has been played all over the world. It's been performed in Carnegie Hall, It's been performed throughout Europe and in Asia, and he just has a long list of accomplishments. The uh, Goldman Harvey Phillips Foundation has commissioned works for him. Kappa Kappa Psi, the Honorary Band Fraternity, has commissioned work, and many universities, including Marywood University, have uh, engaged him for music for special occasions, and just because we want to make sure that uh, we keep the new music flowing in our genre. What is
0: the Inspiration the fairest morn what is evoked in that title
1: Well Patrick took on a on a challenge that many composers have taken over the years and
0: composers have been
1: fascinated with uh, the attempt to capture indescribable beauty especially of a sunrise and you know he, although he admits that he's limited in his ability to express this beautiful moment when the sun rises He kind of joins the ranks of composers like Haydn and Richard Strauss, Debussy, Respighi, all of them, Sibelius, have have made an attempt at writing a piece at a sunrise. But this piece is also not only about a natural occurrence of a sunrise, but we as human beings often see the sunrise as spiritual. And sometimes the colors of a sunrise are dull and undefined and at other times they're just bright and clearly distinguishable and uh, we begin to succumb to the overwhelming power and intensity of what eventually moments later gives way to a gentle morning and the day that lies ahead so that's where his inspiration was for this piece
0: were you able to have him work with the students?
1: Yes, as a matter of fact, we were. And I feel like that collaboration with professional composers is important for our students. But yes, as a matter of fact, he wrote some of the parts on Ferris Morning with particular members of our ensemble in mind. So he knows how they play, he knows what our strengths are, he knows the things that matter to us. So we're getting sort of a really customized experience. And he's going to be on our campus prior to the concert, he's going to be teaching composition lessons, he's going to be doing lectures while he's here, and it should be a lot of fun for our students. Plus, I don't even know if I actually officially mentioned this, but Patrick is conducting the premiere. He's conducting his own piece. So that's kind of an extra special treat to uh, watch the composer as they move through the, the score of every note they've written that they know intimately and how they will approach it. I have worked hard to prepare the ensemble for Patrick's visit, but when he gets here, he will change things and there will be tweaks and he is the ultimate authority.
0: And you have another piece that you're excited about.
1: Yeah, the other piece that we were directly involved in, uh, we were a member of the consortium that approached Omar Thomas to write a piece that was in honor of nine people who were victims of a callous act of hatred in June of uh, 2015, they were worshiping in their historic church, Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, uh, often referred to as Mother Emanuel in Charleston, South Carolina. And Omar was very hesitant to take this commission on. He didn't know how he could juxtapose his feelings of hope and his feelings, quite frankly, of anger at the situation and the the... Attitudes that would breed this type of hatred. There were a lot of bitter feelings uh, toward the perpetrator, and he knew that he wanted to. He actually spoke with his father, he said, "Dad, I just don't know if I can do this piece or not." And his father said, "God gave you these gifts. These were people of God. You you have an ability to tell a story that no one else does." And so from that moment on, he jumped into it and started to embrace the pain and anger while also recognizing displays of grace and forgiveness. Because many of the people that were in the church that night and family members have forgiven the person who perpetrated these acts. So what the piece is, is a look at African American history as it relates to the church because they often in that society would find grounding in trying times by being involved in the church and find comfort in the church. So the musical themes of the piece of Our New Day Begun is rooted in the Black American church tradition. And the piece itself is anchored by James John Johnson's song lift every voice and sing it's it's known uh, the NAACP back in the early 1900s designated it as the negro national anthem and it is peppered with blues harmonies and singing and stomping and clapping they're all prominent features of the work and there's the inclusion of percussion in a certain way with the tambourine that was often a part of church services but those are it's kind of a nod to black church services in general. And we have a guest who is going to come. His name is Aljibril Mohammed. He's a singer from New Jersey who is going to simply present the hymn by itself at the beginning of the performance. And then we will migrate directly into Omar Thomas's version of that piece so it should be very strong uh we've asked our community our marywood community if they would like to become involved in this event and they have we have students who have developed posters that will be in the lobby that will show the church that will tell the story behind what's happening with with the piece and we also have students who have been developing radio spots on the Marywood radio station and interviewing the performers about what this piece means to them. So this will all be available in the audience prior to the start of uh, the performance. And I'm very proud that we're able to connect with other entities on campus and make this not just a band event, but just a day of reflection and respect And all the while, the creation of newer music for our genre.
0: And I think it's a lovely notion to recognize that the piece, Ferris, morning, a start, beginning, and this has the sense of a beginning and also the sense that we can't pretend that there hasn't been the darkness. And I would think that the sonorities of the band would be so powerful in presenting a work on this theme.
1: I do think there's an overarching message of hope that we're hoping to give on November 14th in both of these pieces that I am sure no one in our Northeast Pennsylvania has heard. They're, they're, they'll be new for, I know no one in the world has heard Ferris Morning," but also the uh, Of Our New Day Begun will be a piece that is also new to many ears.
0: How does the program chronologically unfold?
1: Uh, We're starting off with a piece called Nitro for Concert Band, because we just wanted to try to say that, hello, everyone, we're back. We we are here, we're ready to perform, and it's an energy-charged, three-minute fanfare for band. You know, we're talking about stuff that only bands can do, this type of work. It was written actually for the north shore chicago concert band and the composer talks about nitrogen and the energy behind it it's it's the most abundant component in earth's atmosphere and it's it's in all of us and the musical ideas are powerful they're angular there's a lot of of brass fanfares that feed off one another as it moves through and a lot of uh chattering from the woodwinds and runs along the way the main themes are built off of the overtone series so it sounds nice and open you know and inviting and it kind of follows a miniature overture form where the, the ideas that are presented in the first few moments actually work their way back toward the end but it's well-rounded and should be a fun piece i know that our students love to play it and then we have the the first suite in e-flat for a military band, the the piece that I mentioned to you earlier, it's in three movements, and it's one of the earliest examples of modern wind band literature, and its influence has been very, very significant. We have the chaconne, which features a ground bass with uh, melodies over the top of it, and then an intermezzo, which is a quick piece that uses all the themes that have been established earlier in the first movement and in the march is uh, kind of an aggressive statements by brass and percussion and uh, kind of sets up a regal mood of a, of a British march and then a, a brief, quick coda and we're out on that one. But anybody that has played in a band for any time at all, their ears will immediately perk up. They'll know exactly this piece. And then of course, Ferris Morning that I had mentioned earlier uh, about the sunrise. Strange Humors is another piece by John Mackey that is very interesting. It features the jambe, the hourglass-shaped African instrument. Uh, It was actually ballet music for the Parsons Dance Company. And then later on, John Mackey transcribed the piece for Concert Band. But uh, it has influences of uh, Middle Eastern influence and African drumming kind of fused together in those two pieces. And uh, then, of course, we end with the Omar Thomas of Our New Day Begun that we discussed earlier.
0: What are you recognizing around the country now? Are people in universities and colleges, is this about the time for emerging?
1: uh, Absolutely. We were really shut down nationwide. And every week or so, we would get another big report, scientific report about what we could do and what we can't do and uh, there's less talk about what we can't do and more talk about what we can do these days and there's a lot of activity in the band area regarding the creation of pieces that celebrate our return and our stepping away from the pandemic and we all hope that is the case we actually have a composer who's going to be with us in February, who's written a piece that uh, is uh, being together again. And it's about COVID and about the, the things that we've, we've had to endure.
0: And your program is an example of what the power of music overall is in our lives in terms of these distressing moments in our lives, these moments we want to celebrate. What would we do without music in helping us come to terms with who we are and what we are going through or what we've been through, what we're looking ahead to. It's a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah, you know, it really touches humanity and goes at a base level. During the pandemic, when people weren't busy remodeling their kitchens, they were taking up new musical instruments at a high rate and starting. this is when I'm finally going to learn to play guitar. This is when I'm going to play the flute. And that's what, when when times get hard and and we're in this situation, it, it kind of affirms, Musicians have known to be true, that this is fundamental. It is part of being human. From the first reed flute that was crafted before there were buildings, I guess, it's just been a part of us forever. And I'm so glad that the high schools in the area are starting to open back up and having bands. And we're having our band festivals where high school students come to visit us and all that is opening back up. So it's exciting times.
0: They are back, and they're inviting us to join them. We heard Dr. David Romines, department co-chair of music, theater, and dance, associate professor of music education, and director of bands at Marywood University in Scranton. Marywood University's music, theater, and dance department will feature the university's Wind Symphony in concert with the world premiere of a work titled Fairest Morning. That's this Sunday, November 14th at four in the afternoon, in the set Labragetta Center for the Performing Arts. Composer Patrick J. Burns will direct the band for the premiere. Also on the program, music of Gustav Holst, Frank De Kelly, John Mackey, and the significant work Omar Thomas's Of Our New Day Begun. The Marywood Wind Symphony was part of a commissioning body that led to the creation of this work, and that will be the culmination of Sunday's program. Admission is free. For more information, marywood.edu mtd. Music, theater, and dance. marywood.edu mtd. It's the Wind Symphony of Marywood University under the direction of Dr. David Romines with guest director Patrick J. Burns, who will lead a performance of his brand new work commissioned by Marywood, Fairest Morning, Sunday, November 14th at four in the afternoon at the Set La Vergeta Center for the Performing Arts. For more information, marywood.edu mtd.